1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 200 of the Mom Hour. Oh, my gosh. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! OK, wait, we have to have Brian, our sound editor, put in a bunch of horn sounds and stuff. So, Brian, do your thing. OK, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's We've official. We've been waiting to use. It's official. Like, we never use corny sounds, but I felt like this was I the time to for do it. This it. it was called so for. Fun. We're four years into the show. Magically, this is coming out. Four years to the day from our first episode, which is just mathematical miracle because, you know, we didn't even do, it would never have worked out except by some crazy coincidence. Just kind of fun. Yeah. It is so fun. I can't, I mean, but sometimes I feel like at first I would look back and think, gosh, it feels like we've been doing the show so long, but it's only been a year. It's only been two years. But now suddenly it's like speeding up like four years.
0: You know, when it really hits me and this happens to us quite a bit is we get wonderful emails from you guys, from our listeners. But more and more often people are saying, I've been listening to you since I was pregnant with my first baby and now they're in preschool and I have three kids or something like that, where I'm like, wait, what is that? All this math work. It's almost (laughs) like in my mind, you know, when, you know, when you see other people's kids and you haven't seen them in a while and you can't believe that they're so much bigger, it's like, I can't believe our listeners had babies and now they have kindergartners. Like it it shouldn't have happened that way, even though our own kids, I mean, we've all grown four years older, but that's when it has like really uh, sunk into me that four years is like, that's like a, in terms of raising a pregnancy through infancy, toddler, preschooler, looking at kindergarten, that's like a lot of motherhood that some of you yes. guys have weathered with us.
1: Yeah, so. that's, it's amazing. And so this episode, um, in, in the risk, at the risk of being a little navel gazy, this is really a celebration. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk a lot about what we've learned from each other, from the show, what you guys and what you guys have learned from each other and through the show and just like it's just going to be kind of a celebration of this community and I'm excited about it. I am too and I have I have two notes. One
0: is mathematical and that is that if you know our show well, you know that these Tuesday episodes are our regularly numbered episodes and this is number 200, but if you're really counting along at home, we have 35 interviews and around 30 more than mom episodes and then a few random bonuses and like holiday stuff. So, I don't know. I feel the need to say it's like 200 but also there's like 60 more episodes in the yep in the queue. Plenty of content to keep you busy for a while. If you are new, you (laughs) will be working your way through for a while. Um, And then finally, I want to give a shout out to our listener, Kate, who wrote in really with the idea for this episode. And several of you wrote in with ideas, and it was all kind of around looking at how far we've come. But again, we didn't want it to feel just like, let's talk about ourselves for an hour and how great it is we got to 200, but how can we make it about the community? So Kate's idea of what have we all learned from each other, through this show or using this show as sort of the backdrop, but I love that. And then um, all of you who called in your voicemails, which we will play toward the end, um, talking about what you've learned from us, but also what you've learned about yourself as a mom through this show. So it's not like from, each, been, other, from yeah. each other, from um, each other. It's not like we've been up here on some, you know, expert podium lecturing for four years. It's like we've all just been in it together for four yes. years. So thanks to Kate and thanks to everybody who um, called in their thoughts. And we just, some of them made us cry.
1: It, yeah, no, a lot of them made me cry. And also um want to mention that our next episode, we're going to kind of delve into like how different yes. our lives like then are and from now. the very first episode, like a then and now. So um, a lot has changed for us both. And I think that is going to be a really fun follow-up.
0: Yeah, and lunch. so that'll be the More Than Mom that comes out this coming Sunday in a few days. So we're just, we'll continue down the... The kind of retrospective with a different angle on Sunday. Yep. So Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: All righty. Okay. Um, we have some questions along the theme of what we've learned from each other, the each other being the global, this community. Yes. Um, And I'm going to start. You ready to be on the hot seat I am ready to be questioned. Okay. It's a big one. (laughs) Okay. What have you learned about yourself as a mom while doing this show? Oh,
1: okay. So I think the thing that is great about having something like this, whether it's a journal or a blog or a show that you consistently talk about what you're doing over and over is it really helps you kind of validate and also like double down on stuff like mm-hmm. you realize kind of through talking about it or writing about it what you're good at what you really believe um yeah. you you can kind of define and refine the story of yourself as a mom or whatever it is you're writing or or creating content around and so that's been really valuable to me. So I've really I think that I've doubled down on my confidence about the things I know that I'm good at but because we're always talking about these issues and we're coming at it from different perspectives and kids of different ages and different areas of the country I'm also just kind of have kept myself open to changing and and realizing that doesn't mean I did anything wrong yes but that I'm always growing and evolving and sometimes I just change my mind and sometimes my circumstances change and all of those things can change and that's okay too like kind of keeping in the one hand that that confidence that the choices I'm making are the right ones for me but on the other hand being like but I could always change right has been really um has really been great and the show has been really instrumental just showing up with you every week and talking parenting yeah for a week I feel like helps us both be better parents I agree um I do want to talk about the fact that when we started doing the show, and we're going to get into this more at the more than mom, but my Mm -hmm. oldest was still in high school. My youngest was in kindergarten. Um, I was a married mom and I had, you know, a lot of options when it came to things like how much I wanted to work or like how much time I could put into things like meal planning and homemaking. My budget was different and things have changed a lot since then. Mm -hmm. So my perspectives have changed. But one of the things I think that I learned through all of that upheaval is that the circumstances around me might change and they might mean that I make different choices about different things, but like who I am at the gut level and like my relationships with my kids don't change. And they really aren't that affected by circumstances. Just somehow sometimes like the the way they outwardly look or manifest may be different, but really I'm still me and I'm still doing, you know, I'm still, my philosophies haven't really changed. I just sometimes do things a bit differently.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, I love that. So I love that. Big question. Big answer.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Um, the first thing I thought of is I have learned how to be a working mom while doing this show and because of this show. So I had dabbled in working part time and was doing contract work for you. And again, we'll talk more in the more than mom how much has changed, but I was effectively a stay at home mom working less than five hours a week when we started this show. Um, And now I am, I put in our outline hardcore part-time, which is how I kind of feel (laughs) about, I mean, there's no, I cannot say I work full-time and I definitely don't work full-time in an office setting where I have limited flexibility. So I have lots of flexibility. And in general, when my kids come home from school, I'm mostly off the clock, but at the same time, we own our business and we've been growing our business. So yeah, hardcore part-time is the way I would describe it. You make it, the most of those hours. I do. And yeah. I sometimes work lots more than a traditional right. part-time, but sometimes I work less. So, um, and I think, first of all, one thing I've learned is that I really love that. I love being a hardcore part-time working mom, owning a business. Um, and I've also learned through conversations with you and through the gradual growth of our show and sometimes not so gradual, um, how to do that, like at a functional level. When we started, um, I had to get a babysitter to take Violet for a walk um, every time we recorded because I had to record in my house. So I couldn't just have a babysitter come here. I had to actually like kick them out all the way up to now I have three kids in school full time, which gives me, you know, 30, 28 hours a week where they are not in my house and that, I mean, all of that has been a big transition, but I think I've learned a, how to be a working mom and, and be that I want to be. And I like to be, so that's a pretty big one. Um, it is. and then the other thing I think that I have learned Is that my natural skill sets and my personality and the way I'm wired, which for most of you, you know, that means being really organized and kind of staying on top of details and anticipating things. Those can be an asset to me as a mom. And they are in a lot of ways. Like I usually RSVP to the birthday party and remember the show and tell. Those are like those are skills that I have but they don't define me and I think the flip side of those things the things that maybe don't come as naturally which would be like the more emotional intuitive side and like the fun and flexible side that those are as important and core to who I am as a mom even if they're not on the surface the most obvious they still are important to listen to and to nurture and not to just write off as like that's not who I am you know or that's not I'm not good at that.
1: I love that because we do tend to say things about ourselves like, that's not me or I'm not that. And we can all stand to be a little more that, whatever that is, or to take something from that. It doesn't mean you have to change or become a different person. And
0: it doesn't mean it's not there. It just might be the most dominant. And I think sometimes listening to those less dominant sides of ourselves is actually really important in general. So I've learned that. Okay. Next question, but I can go first so we can switch. And that is, what is one thing you learned from a guest of ours um, that has stuck with you? And just for reference, we did not have any guest interviews for the whole first year, year plus of our show. And then we started doing monthly guest interviews. So you guys have come to expect them on the first Friday of the month. And I, we haven't really skipped one since then, like, like other things, once we decide, yeah. we just keep going. Um, but the the thing that stuck with me is from one of our most popular interviews. And that was a conversation I had with Kate rope, um, in voices number 26 about, um, postpartum mood disorders and postpartum health in general. Um, her book is called strong as a mother. Um, and, the stat is that over 90% of new parents say they've had scary thoughts involving their baby. That that's everything from like envisioning dropping your baby down the stairs to even imagining what it would be like to hurt your baby. Um really scary thoughts that I think most new moms think they are the only ones who've ever had that thought. Um, and the statistic is over 90%. And Kate says in the interview, she's like, I think it's like 99, but 91 yeah. um, have reported it. And that, I mean, that just stuck with me because I think it speaks to the core of what we try to do, which is normalize things that you think you're the only one. And that is such yeah. an important one. It's such a fundamental one about postpartum mental health. Um, and, and so I, I don't mind bringing it up again, because maybe you're hearing yeah. that for the first time. Um, and it was, it it, it was like stopped me in my tracks and I know other listeners felt the same way.
1: And I loved her, her explanation for like why it happens. It's not because you're, you're going to do it. It's like your brain's way of like role-playing almost. Yeah. Like, like seeing something out to the end, like what would happen if, what would happen if, which is what our brains do. Exactly. And Um, I had never thought of it that way. Yes,
0: exactly. Your brain's job is to scan for danger back to the saber tooth tiger days. And, um, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen or that you're going to do it. It's actually your brain's job to keep watch. And we do it more when, when the stakes are higher and when we're, you know, kind of at that vulnerable stage. So yeah, I'm glad you added that too.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'll let you. Um, Okay. So one that sticks out from a pretty recent episode, it was voices episode 32 with Dr. Heather Wittenberg. Um, I did not know it was about potty training and she informed us that the reason that you pee less at night is because your body secretes a hormone that suppresses urination. I did not know that either. Adults can, I mean, like I'll go to bed. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, but not very often. And I've always found it funny. Like when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I have to go like immediately. And I think, have I had to go the whole night or like, did I just figure it out? And something's actually happening with you, um, biologically, chemically, biochemically, when you're asleep, that for an adult makes it easier to make it through the night without going to the bathroom. And for a little kid who that hormone isn't online yet makes it really hard. And I just, had no idea. I thought that that was amazing. Um, I also will say, and I can't pull out one certain thing that she said, but my entire conversation with Asha Dornfest. Yes. um, And that was pretty recent too. I can't remember the episode number. I think it's
0: 31. And actually Asha is the only guest that we've had on twice as a Voices um, guest, but it was 31. I loved that conversation too. That's such a good one.
1: Yeah. I love talking to Asha because even though our kids are around the same age, um, so we're, we're both going through this, but just her kind of take on having older kids and really letting themselves be who they want to be and who they are and really nurturing that. It's just so comforting to hear that from someone else when who has the same kind of mindset about that you do and you know is really smart. Yes.
0: Well, and I loved that conversation as someone whose kids aren't going off to college yet. And gosh, since you had that conversation, we've talked a lot about um, helicopter parenting and the the road that leads you down and then just recently in the news there's been some conversation about you know sending kids off to college um, So or bribing them into college right <laughs> yeah. buying yes. their way into college yeah. all of that to say Asha is such a good example of someone who is really connected and bonded to her older kids in a way that is it's not like she's just stepped back and said alright go do your thing you're right. 18 now but yet still let's Left so much room for their own for them to be who they are and make their own choices. So, that, um, even since you did that interview, I feel like this show we've continued that conversation. I almost want to go back and re listen. That was a great one. That's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. Next question. And that is, what have you learned
1: from our listener community? Okay. I'll go first on this one. Um, I think the thing that I am just reminded of over and over and over is just how needed this mom-to-mom encouragement is, um, I know it's easy for me to forget. Like when I move out of a parenting stage, you get, you get amnesia about yeah. it and yeah. you kind of like, you sort of have that muscle memory. It's kind of like remembering what it felt like to breastfeed or have mm-hmm. a baby in you. And you're like, I kind of remember what that felt like, but the further I get away from it, the harder it is to really truly like be able to call up that exact sensation. And so when we get emails from you guys, or especially when you leave us voice messages and I can hear the emotion yeah. in people's voices and. I feel like I should have had tissues for this one. What was I thinking? (laughs) Um, And how much everyone wants to do the right thing, but how hard it is to know what the right thing is, and how much conflicting information is coming at us, and just the pressure and uncertainty and insecurity. um, It takes me back. It really does. Like, on some, in some like cellular level, I remember what that felt like. And I also remember the need to have people that supported me and said it was going to be okay. And I just sometimes. Sometimes it's easy for us to just get so busy that we forget about that. And this, you guys remind me of that every single day. So not just like needing us, but needing each other and just needing this really encouraging and smart community of people who are thoughtful, but not like, don't think they have all the answers.
0: Yes. And don't you, does it sometimes occur to you that like, when we let people know that this moment that feels so tantamount and so vital, like your entire kids' future is hanging on what you decide about this one thing about the pacifier or the potty training. And we remind them that it is important and you can be conscious of the decisions you make, but it's probably not as important as you think down the road. I find that I use that advice in my own head about stuff that feels super important to me. So it's like a, it's like a circular loop. Like then when you're going through something that you've never experienced with your adult kids, you can remind yourself like, okay, this feels really intense right now, but in five years, Is it going to? And so it's almost like we get the we get the benefit of our own advice. And I don't know that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we keep repeating it to us so much that like we have to follow our own advice. Yeah, we have to. It has to be true.
0: If it's true (laughs) when we say it to you guys, it has to be true for us. Even when our better instincts want to be like, yeah, but
1: this time it really is a crisis. Yeah. So I don't know. Agreed. I think it's cool. It is cool. And just a kind of a silly one from recent episodes. Um, I have to thank the community for telling me what the find a friend app is for on iPhone. I I had no idea you can literally geographically locate people. I thought it was like literally to find friends. I didn't even ever open it. Um, So now thank you for that. And also I got so many suggestions on how to get around printer ink dilemma.
0: I think we both did because we both had different printer issues (laughs) and people really wanted to help. I love that about our community. It's like we mentioned something offhand that, you know, like a little thing and people jump to our. Rescue. I love it.
1: Yes, it was great.
0: Um, okay. How about you? So I think what I have learned from this community, a lot of it has to do with how strong moms are and how resilient so many of you are. I mean, if you guys know my story and my background, I've had it pretty good. Like I haven't overcome a major health issue with one of my kids. Like I feel really lucky. And sometimes that actually feels almost like unfair. Like I, you know, I I have it pretty good compared to a lot of people. And when I see members of our community, the way that they mother through big stuff, you know, having a diagnosis, mm-hmm. having a divorce, having a financial crisis, um, all kinds of things. I am, I am just reminded that we all have that ability. It doesn't make it fun. Um, but I love seeing our community show up for their kids, have a good sense of humor and, and keep on keeping on. Yeah. I, I find it really inspiring. And, um, I think it has taught me a
1: lot about where that resilience comes from. Like it's And not, a lot of really different kinds of situations. Sure. Too. Like things I wouldn't ever have even thought of, you know, that could be happening to me. So yeah. 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 I, agree. I mean,
0: we have, we have listeners who've lost babies. We have listeners who, and, and we have a front row seat cause you guys tell us what's going on with you. Um, and yeah. that is a place to, you know, it's a, we're honored to be in that position, but I think I have learned a lot about what resilience looks like and what it means. Um, so, and then on, on a lighter note, I did find out through all of you that you do need a birth certificate for your kids when you fly on Southwest because if they're under two and you're trying to get them on. Yes. As right? a lap child, yes. I believe a lap so. Child. Yeah
1: so yeah that's there probably... were people that were like very quick to point that out because yes. I think it was me that was like you don't even need a birth certificate oh I think I did no, I think I did
0: too because I flew with all my kids I was like the yeah. airplane expert in that episode and everyone was so nice that's the other thing is like when you guys have to correct us you're very nice about it
1: you are nice you're like nah. nope <laughs> actually not oh. we 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 speak the truth as much as we can but sometimes our facts are are outdated let's just put it that way Oh well, yeah and I
0: think it says in our intro that we're not experts so I feel like that's no, a good blanket desk disc- disclaimers <laughs> like you guys could To choose what you take seriously of anything (laughs) we say. Um, okay, so next question before we take a break, and this we will answer for each other. So, what have you, Megan, learned from me, Sarah,
1: in doing this show? Sarah, the first thing I learned was that when I started, I, you know, made notes for this, and mine was just a big jumble of thoughts. And then I looked at your notes and I saw that you organized them neatly into three categories and so <laughs> i went back and and organized oh. mine isn't that is that not just like it's us very us. that's just us i didn't right start there. out needing
0: three categories but i was
1: you know it made sense i like yeah it does make in, sense because yeah. i was just kind of like i have so many things and i was just i kept adding to it and then it didn't make any sense and there was no cohesion so now it's cohesive so i will start with a parenting thing that i okay. learned from sarah um and that was how being int- intentional and structured around certain things can make your job as a mom easier um not harder so I tend to resist anything, well, you know how I am. I, <laughs> I resist things that seem like there'll be a lot of upfront work. Yeah. Um, or that don't. I I don't see immediate results from. So if mm-hmm. like, I don't see, it's very difficult for me to stick it out with something like sleep training yeah. or something like that because I don't see results right away and I don't have confidence that the results are going to happen. Yeah. And then I get impatient and I move on. And that worked fine for me. I didn't even know you until after, for the most part, things like nap schedules weren't right. really a, a thing anymore. Um, but what I have looked, like looking back now, I can see where there are definitely areas where, if I'd just put the upfront work of organizing and structuring things, it probably would have brought my stress level down and made me a ab- more able to just manage everything. But, you know, I, it was fine, but it would it could have been better. <laughs> so um, okay. I think overall, though, like this isn't specifically about the way you parent necessarily, but I think one thing that when when I was a young mom, I really tended to kind of sum up like my like-mindedness with other moms based on what I do as a parent Uh versus what they do as a parent. Uh And I think if you looked at us from the outside lit in, especially when we had little babies, Mm -hmm. it it might've looked like we were very different parents, but like at the heart, we don't really disagree on stuff. Yeah. So like we might not manifest it the same way or actually do things the same way. But like, if we get to like, the heart of a parenting issue. We almost always agree. Yeah. It's just interesting. Like we all have more in common than we think yes, we do. Yes, Um, and definitely through talking with you and, and just seeing how differently we can have the exact same worldview or philosophy play out in our families has yes. been, has really helped me, I don't know, see everyone as yes. probably more similar to me. I agree. Than not. I totally agree. Totally yeah. Agree. Um, okay. A self thing. Okay. So how to make Instagram stories, how to organize my phone, basically anything involving like technology, I don't want to bother learning how to use even Um, boxer, even Even boxer, like I super resisted boxer. And I know you love to get into new stuff and apps and you like to try things and you like to figure out how to use them to work for you. And I'm bad at that. And so I guess the lesson there from Sarah is like, there's value in taking time to set yourself up for success. (laughs) Or to gain knowledge about things, even when you don't want to bother with them, because if it's the right tool or if it's the right system or whatever, you're going to get something out of it. Which I'll never be the person who really dives into that deeply, but I think you've gotten me there just oh, a little bit. Good. You've gotten, you've gotten to where at least I resist it less, and I'll ask you faster than yeah. I used to. Or
0: you might, like, you might leave a little room for possibility that there's something right. here.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's been really helpful. Um, and here's a business thing. So I think, you know, I've I've been a self-employed person for over 15 years. And I tend to be kind of scattered and big picture thinker, and I'm all over the place and I want to run after new ideas and chase things and and I tend to go after big things. Like I tend to be like, I want to make this big sale or I want to do this big thing. But what I've really learned from Sarah, especially when I kind of had to take a back seat in the business mm-hmm. and then it went. Bananas when I was totally like, I wasn't completely not there, but like, no, I, you were very I,
0: present, but probably well, not in the details.
1: I, and what I did was I, I took your lead. So, like, I shaped the way I was involved in the business around what you told me needed to be done. I wasn't trying to like That's reinvent true. the wheel or right. like come up with the next. I didn't, I had so much on my plate. I didn't even have the brain space for that. So, like, if you said a conversation needed to happen, I had the conversation, or if you said an email needed to be answered, I answered the email or whatever, but like, really, you were leading. And I think that that really taught me how like day-to-day actions, like doing the thing that's in front of you, what's the thing that needs to be done next and the thing that needs to be done after that and consistently over time can lead to bigger results than only chasing like the big thing, the big thing, the big thing, but then letting the details drop. Right. Well, that was, yeah, that's really hard for me. Um, And I'm still not fantastic at it, but I've definitely learned the value of it. I mean, that is probably at the core of
0: our you know, yin and yang opposite styles where both are truly essential. Cause I mean, when it's my turn, I'll get into it. But like literally if you weren't chasing squirrels, I wouldn't have anything to be in the details about. So it like, they <laughs> they have to both. Exist. They have to. Yes. Yes. But they have to. I feel like I cut you off, but thank you. That was all That's really, okay. really nice. Okay. So my turn, what have I learned from Megan? And I did do a parenting, a self and a business thing. Um, So on the parenting front, I think one thing I have loved getting an up close view of is how our role as like a nurturer and a carer changes when our kids get big. I think I had a fear or I think it's common for moms to fear that like that closeness you have with your little kids when they just crawl into your lap and you just like literally envelop them, that it just kind of goes away. And, you know, what I've learned by observing your family and hearing you talk about your big boys is that, yeah, like they can't crawl into your lap anymore. But when I hear you, the way you talk and the tenderness and the nurturing that's still present in other ways with your teenagers, um, I love it. I never get tired of you talking about Owen and Will and the bigger boys in the way that you talk about them because it shows me what that relationship looks like and not just boys. Uh you know, yeah. the same. I think with Clara because I have a I have a daughter Clara's age. So I, I need yeah, less of you an You know example. what that looks yeah. like. Yeah. 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 Um so I I have loved that and I think it's truly um changed the way I think about and look forward to the bigger kid years. And I, you know, I knew, I always knew there'd be advantages. They're more independent. We can do things together. Those advantages I think I knew about, but the the one where we still get to feel ooey gooey about our kids mm-hmm. and like, they're so cute I, I feel like when I hear you talk that that hasn't gone away. Like, no, it hasn't. I yeah. still think
1: they're adorable. Yes. And I love them. And, and proud of them. And like, yes. yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So when you posted
0: about Will having his band, like I see, yeah. I see teenagers differently, teenage boys, because of the way you talk about yours.
1: Oh, I love that. Then it's worth, it's worth all those posts about his band (laughs) just for that.
0: (laughs) Okay. So a self thing. Um, I see you as a really good example of someone who is real. I'm laughing because I have a funny example, but you're really good at listening to your body and honoring the different needs that you have, not just body, but mind, spirit, um, the need for fun, the need for pleasure, the need for rest. And I just like, when we are together, it probably takes us a full day to even come close to matching each other's rhythms. I don't think we ever totally get in sync, but like, you will just crawl, you will just like crawl into bed in the middle of the day and like
3: (laughs) decide to order. bacon. is that weird?
0: (laughs) And like, you'll just be like, I think I need to order bacon from room service and take a nap. And I'm like, what? It's like, (laughs) I'm um, like, we're on a schedule, but, but in all seriousness, I watch you do this and I've watched you do it through really hard times in your life. And I think it's such an important example. And I am not so good at that. I am good at like, I'm good at using structure and routines to keep me from totally falling apart, which I think is, that is also a form of self-care. So I'm not, yeah, I'm, I think so. am not knocking yeah. it. Um, But my, 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 int- my listening to my body and my needs and, and like, this is the bigger part, being willing to set aside expectations and structure and routine to honor that need to yeah. order bacon room service in the middle of the day. That is what I'm not so good at. And I do think I have, I have learned a lot from you in that regard. Oh, and, well, I'm glad. and that's, heard. and that's also like just the way you seek out fun or pleasure. Like, what do I want to do today? I want to do this. Like, yeah, you're a good example. Oh, um, thanks. And then on the business side, so um, later you guys are going to hear a really awesome message from Brian, who's our sound engineer, not my husband, Brian, or my brother, Brian, different Brian. Um, and so I don't want to steal his thunder because he also put this really well, but I think what I have learned and gained from being in business with you is the the ability to say why not and what if, and like, who says that has to be that way, like regularly, like not just Not just for the big stuff, but like Mm. every little thing. Like, well, why? Where's option C? Like we always joke, (laughs) like A or B. And Megan's like, well, how about C
1: and a half? C and a half. (laughs) C, D, and E. How about those options? Yes,
0: exactly. And and I, I mean, there's there's that's really important when it comes to like really growing the business and like the big questions. But you also do it all the time on the daily with little things. Like you just don't assume. Something has to be a certain way, and that is a practice that I really think it's almost become natural to me now. Like sometimes I even I do that. it, and like I'm like, look at me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like look at me questioning, the, you know, the status quo. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's a million other things, but those are the big ones.
1: So you know, one thing that I I ended up putting, I I'm going to back up a little bit again because one thing I ended up putting like in another question, but when you were talking about relationships with the kids and then <clears throat> kind of who we are naturally, one thing that I think. I've really learned from you as in all of these things, um, is for me, like I am an intuitive person. I'm a gut person. I'm a feelings oriented person. And so for me, it's just like, well, love is love. I love my kids, whatever. Like they know that. Right. But I think one thing that you're really good at is taking like the idea of like love or discipline or whatever, and turning it into an action Mm. that is intentional and like, repeated over and over. So like the way you talk to your kids, the way mm-hmm. you work through problems with your kids, like it's very intentional. It's very Sarah brain, mm-hmm. but it kind of takes the thing that I feel like sometimes, um, I just assume is getting across because I intend for it to mm-hmm. <laughs> without actually having to, having put the thought around how to make sure the person on the other end, right. Sees it. You right. know what I mean? And that's something that I've seen you do. And, and it's evident in in, in like the way you respond to emails thoughtfully and gift giving and all lots of things that I would like to be more intentionally expressive of my yeah, feelings. Like the outward around.
0: action matching your inward. Right. Cause yeah. I have
1: all the feels, yeah. but sometimes like I don't get around to organizing my response yeah. in a way that lets the other person know. I just kind of assume yeah, they'll know what I feel. Oh, so that's something you're really good at. It kind of goes over all three. Yeah. I think. Well, so, thanks.
0: You, I got a bonus. I want to throw in an end. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. I got to go last. <laughs> and I got a bonus. I love it. Yeah. You got a bonus. Okay. So we are going to take a quick break and then we have a few more questions to tackle as well as you guys' responses. So. Okay. Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes. I'm not wearing things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? Um, yep. okay, so we've got a couple more questions and then we're gonna be hearing from you guys. So my next question is what's one thing you have changed your mind about or maybe shifted your thinking on as a result of our many, many conversations?
1: Um okay, I'll go first on this one. Okay. And this kind of plays into like my little bonus, you know, what Sarah's taught me thing. Yeah. I think I tend to well, I'm a rebel. I tend to resist rules, and I find That my initial response, if I hear about something like a parenting practice, if it's couched as a technique, Mm -hmm. I often find that to be a little precious Mm -hmm. and like too prescriptive, too structured for me to get behind. Like what example would be active listening? So I, I naturally kind of do my own version of active listening. But if I read kind of like a script that tells you how to do active listening, I don't want to do that. So, But I have found that sometimes the scripts really help. And sometimes the rule book kind of helps. Like sometimes while you're getting used to something that maybe you hadn't considered before or you've never done, you sort of, it really can help you to have something you return to over and over Mm -hmm. to help you set that habit. And I think that's definitely been something that I have. Uh, this is one of the many things that I've changed my mind about or shifted my thinking.
0: Yeah, I re- I like that, and it's so true because it's also possible that you n- maybe didn't need the rules or the script for that particular piece of parenting advice. But it's easy to forget that uh, sometimes we're like this is like a major paradigm shift for some of us, where like you're you're trying to break habits that are different from the yeah. way you were raised, or or some some things just don't come naturally to some people. So yeah, that does make sense. I mean, I can see how it probably wasn't necessary for you or you got along fine without those things, but, um, that, that
1: well, and, and there's sometimes, like we said earlier, there's a tendency to write something off as not me. Um, yes, yes. We probably both do that in very different ways, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's possible to take that script and make it your own Uh and make it like a little more you or, take those rules and just bend them a little bit but still benefit from the rules or the yes. structure and so yeah that's yes. definitely something i've shifted my thinking about how about you
0: okay well um mine are i have two um but actually one of them is along those same lines of having written something off as just not me and that is i have definitely shifted my thinking about cooking and meal planning all the way back to like really reading your blog and like first working with you but it's taken it's taken like six or seven years and i do feel a, a big shift in the last year or two probably not accidentally and I mean, not coincidentally, because my kids are a little bit older now, but I just have always thought of myself as someone who does not love to cook on the nightly, like the nightly grind. I don't love recipes. I don't love menu planning. And I always resisted meal planning as something that like better moms than me did. And I thought, <laughs> well, I can just throw together whatever. I just had a really defeatist attitude about it. Yeah. Um And through this show and through like growing up a little bit as a mom, it sounds so weird because I am the structured one. I am the organized one, but it's, we all have our, like there's, they're all through all this personality stuff. um, There's always the exceptions. And for me being structured and organized around a meal plan, I just really felt like I couldn't do it. Or I was holding myself to some kind of standard that I couldn't That's what I was going to say.
1: If you overthink it, then it becomes hard to do it. Yes. yes. And Even I just, <laughs> I
0: flat out thought I am not someone who meal plans and that has changed. I've shifted my thinking. I've really bought into the idea um that it makes my life better to have a plan even if the plan is simple and includes things like takeout um it's still it still benefits my kids and my family and our nutrition and our budget and everything yeah. to have that plan so that that was a pretty big 180 for me
1: um do you know I, I want to really just yeah. really quickly interject what I think that this also is a natural thing that happens when your kids start to get older Yeah um I remember my sister and I having this conversation when my kids were still really little and hers were older Uh and she said something like, you know, right now you can get away with throwing some whatever in front of them every night or three different things or whatever. One kid's eating cereal, one kid's like smashing up an avocado and you know, putting it in their face. And like, and she's like, but at some point they're going to want a meal and you're going to want to sit down and have a meal. Like you're not going to want to do this anymore. And you're going to need to figure it out. And I remember even thinking like, that's dumb. That's not going (laughs) to happen. Cause at that time for me, like meal planning was like, you know, the organic chicken nuggets and a vegetable on this. Yeah. Like that was about as, as good as it got, unless it was like a special occasion or something. I I knew how to cook a handful of meals, but I was not really doing planning. Yeah. And I think as my kids got older, I just realized that that time was really important to me and that, and like mealtime was important to me and having us all kind of eating something Yeah. Similar was important to me. So I think that that's very normal. Yeah. And And I think I
0: probably started reading and following you around the time you were going through that. And so you started writing and blogging. And I even remember in early episodes, you wanting to talk about grocery shopping and meal planning on this podcast and me being like, I got nothing. I'm not, I can't, I have nothing to say. And so that has been definitely an evolution me on that and then on a much lighter note too actually because I forgot one earlier um I have changed my mind about subscription boxes completely (laughs) I really used to kind of feel like they were and this is not like a bonus fabfitfun shout out although it can be because you guys should get it but I kind of thought they were um superfluous like 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 adding something extra you wouldn't be buying anyway and therefore kind of like an added cost that you didn't need um and I've totally changed my mind. Like I've seen the way different a lot of times through our sponsors, but also just, you know, hearing about different products. And I think the the subscription model has obviously come a long way, but I would have said that I was not a subscription box person. And then now because of this show and through doing this show, I'm totally, I'm like, sign me up. I'll do them. Well, you know what I love
1: about it? Um, And again, this is not to like be an advertiser for this, but what I like. <laughs> I'm not someone who like, I'm not a shopper by nature, but everybody likes a little retail therapy now and then. Yeah. Like everyone likes to be, to get like some great little thing that's like pampering or smells good or whatever it is, like whatever they're into. And what I kind of like about having it just show up is that first of all, you're only spending the finite amount you already spent. Yeah, You're not going to then add a whole bunch of more stuff to your cart because now you're on a roll. Right. <laughs> and you want to get not just the cream, but the, yeah, the- bubble bath that goes with it and the scrub and everything else. So it does in a way almost inhibit me from shopping because I know like I have this box of goodies that's on its way. And I, and I can see, you know, there's subscriptions I haven't tried like stitch fix and stuff like that. But when I see my friends get their stitch fix boxes, they're kind of the same. Like, it's just this treat. It just showed up. I didn't have to go shopping. I didn't overspend. I spent exactly what I wanted to. Yep. And I, I really like it. I'm the same way about Fabletics. So I, it's not exactly, it's not a subscription box, but it is a subscription based program. Yeah where you, you know, you pay a certain amount every month and then you get to use that credit for an outfit you pick out. But there is something kind of delightful about it. And I don't think it's stuff necessarily that I, it's not money I wouldn't be otherwise spending somewhere.
0: Yeah. I I think that's a really good point. And I think I came from a position of being super waste averse. Like I have, I have like a pathological aversion to waste. Like it's a problem. (laughs) Um, And so I thought, well, if this is not stuff that I want or need, then it just, it grates on me. But I think what I've found is even if there's something that you might not have gone out and purchased yourself, um, there's so much value, like for the kids, if it's a subscription box for something for the kids to do, you can tuck it away for a rainy day. You can re gift it as a birthday. Like, like I think it all evens out in terms of consumption and waste in a way that in my mind before it was excessive. And now I, I totally have changed my mind. Um, and then the last one, um, I have changed my mind about personality tests and the Enneagram. I actually started listening to our very first episode and we're going to talk about that in the more than mom, like then versus now, but I didn't realize you had just discovered the Enneagram when we did our very first episode, just coincidentally. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't remember that. We didn't end up doing it, like talking more about it for a while later on the podcast, but in our very first episode, you talk about how you had just discovered it and I mean, I, I was interested, but I it took me a while to really get on board, and I was again, I was a little averse to personality tests in general. And now I love that stuff.
1: That's so, so funny. I did not remember that about you. Like in my mind, we've been there together from with I know since day one. So I guess well, you had funny. just
0: discovered it, and in my mind, yeah. you had known about it even longer. But it was brand new to you, and I think you had just sent me the test. But it was months and even longer before we really, really kind of like nerded out about it. But Yeah. Love it. Okay. So last question. What is something you've learned from having this platform grow from little to larger in a few years? And I'll answer this one first. I imagine our answers are going to be different because you came from having a, a pretty large readership on your blog and I didn't, but, um, so I'll answer it for me. Um, I think for me, I had watched bloggers like you grow their platforms and become more well-known and really had a lot of fear associated with kind of the backlash or the mean comments or the, like the brouhaha that would go on online in the blogging world. And maybe I was just watching a particular slice of it. But I think what I have learned is that that may happen, but it doesn't have to happen. I think, um, one of the things that like we landed on in this podcast community is for sure people have disagreed with stuff we've said, and we have gotten a a good handful of nasty reviews or nasty emails, but in general, the number of ways we've been able to impact and influence and connect positively with people has far outweighed that. And so I think I had a lot of negative associations with having a quote unquote platform. um, And I never thought I would, be someone who had one and like this was my first experience with it and overall unless you guys all come out and start hating on us like tomorrow I haven't felt the vulnerability I think is a good word I haven't felt that um, exposure and granted we're not like we're not exposed at the level that a lot of influencers are but in general I just haven't felt that part of it that I saw when I saw others. And I, and so I, I, some of that is that it's podcasting and not blogging and social media, but I I also think it's about the community that we kind of lucked
1: into. So, yeah, you know what? I, I agree with everything. Um, as a writer, I had just gotten used to putting myself out there. I yeah. will say that one of my sort of trepidations about podcasting was that I knew it wasn't going to be like a very edited thing. And when, I, as a writer, yeah, um, and a writer who cares a lot about sentence structure and things like yeah. that, and I spent a lot of time editing my pieces, and I was really worked really hard to make sure they said exactly what I wanted them to say. And you know, and I, I think bonded early over the yeah. fact that we could both see both sides or all three or four sides to every single topic, and yeah. wanted to make sure that everybody got equal or a fair amount of acknowledgement. Yeah. Even and if that we, we didn't weren't agree with them. Yeah. And that we weren't misunderstood, like right, ab- exactly. going above and beyond to make sure that yes. you're not
0: taking this the wrong way.
1: <laughs> right. And so as a writer, you can do that with enough editing as a podcaster, you really can't unless you script everything and never say anything off the cuff. And that's just not sustainable. This is us talking. Right. And so I, I thought at first, that would be hard. I actually found that it was very freeing. And I actually think, even though I know we do get nasty grams sometimes, I think we've gotten less criticism as podcasters, even with a bigger platform than I had as a blogger with a smaller platform. And there's a few mm-hmm. reasons for that. One is I don't think people hate listen. Like yeah. no one's popping in just randomly and listening to an hour long episode <laughs> and then bothering to go leave us a nasty comment someplace, just like off the cuff. Like why would anybody do that? You like, have it's to not work hard. I mean, you have to work hard and like, I just don't see people on the, for the most part, it's kind of a troll, a low troll space. Um, I think the fact that you guys are all out there sort of publicly rooting for us and for each other just has created this environment Mm -hmm. that, that also would really discourage nastiness or judgment. I mean, it's just not what we're about. And when I say we, I mean you guys like, yeah, that's not what we all are about. And I also just think there's something to hearing people's voices. You could just hear sincerity in Mm -hmm. people's voices even if they don't say the exact right thing or they don't say something that you agree with, you hear them, you hear their personalities and you hear how sincere or earnest or how much they're trying to get their point across. And I do just think it creates a different relationship. Yeah. So yay podcasting. And um, I have, I have really loved, I don't know the way that we've kind of evolved through like to the point now where I feel like we're a little more confident about saying stuff that maybe would be a little more controversial and, Um, because we know it's overall, it, it matters and it, it's, it matters to you guys. Yeah. So that's why we do it. Um, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. I was done.
0: So what have you
1: learned in addition to that? Well, uh, so just to kind of tie on to that is that, you know, sometimes we get all tied up in knots. I think we're getting better at this, but to try to be flashy or come up with like a fresh new take on a topic. But we've, you know, after doing this for a long time, like content creation, we've realized people really want validation. Yeah. They really want repetition. Cause like, I like that. I like to hear the same thing over and over to remind me of what I think or feel or what I'm trying to do and encouragement. Like that's really what people I think are coming to us for. And I think that, you know, that's something that we were able to learn by slowly growing yeah, and sometimes not so slowly. yeah. Um, But I've also realized that this is like an awesome responsibility. And I think that when I was blogging, it was a little bit different because I was still so in the thick of it. I didn't feel like I started blogging and I had a newborn. So, well, I started blogging. Yeah. I, every time I've started a new blog, I've had a newborn. Yeah. There's been several incarnations. But when I started The Happiest Mom, which became the happiest Tom, Clara was a little baby. And um, I was so in it that I was learning along with everybody else and felt like I was at the same place as most of my readers were. Right. And now it's a little bit different. Like, yeah, we're a few steps down the road from a lot of people who are yeah. listening. And it's kind of this being in this kind of big sister role, I guess, is the way I'd put it. Yeah just feels like a big responsibility. Like I can see now how, especially because now I can, I'm seeing the culture shift around this stuff and social media is such a bigger thing than it was when Mm -hmm. I had littles. And um, I know that we're not just connecting with moms, but actually potentially changing the way they parent. Mm -hmm. So indirectly influencing kids. And that feels like hopefully for the better, right? But like that really makes me take this like very seriously. And so that's probably you know, just when we think about what we're going to do as content, like we don't have to overthink the what bells and whistles, mm-hmm. but I think you and I will always overthink in the best possible way yeah. our approach and making sure that whatever we're talking about is worth talking about and yeah. not trite and not simplistic and not generalizing or creating conflicts that don't need to be there. Right. Like, or tr- really... or just
0: trying to attract buzz. I mean, we're trying could, to attract buzz. right? Like it, we probably could have like quadrupled our show if we took on hot button topics every week, but I'm glad that we do things the way we do. Me too. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So it's enough hearing from us. We are going to play some amazing messages that came in from you guys and they come from not just listeners, but also some of our colleagues and fellow podcasters in the space and members of our team. Um, So we are going to play those and hope you enjoy listening to your own voices. And really what I want you guys to think about as you listen, as these are other moms you are connected to somewhere in the world, because several of these are international messages and you are connected to them through our show. And so like, these are your people and they are Um, out there and you don't know them and you may never interact with them, but it's pretty cool that because of this, you are connected to them. And so I would like you guys to think of that as like just an expanded part of your support network. It's not just us. Um, but it's all these, all these people around the world. Um, So I guess before we hit play on those messages, um, we always try to do a cue it up, which is where we send you guys back into the archives um, and recommend an episode, maybe an oldie but goodie. And so it seems fitting that if you have not listened to episode one of The Mom Hour from March 19th, 2015, you take your finger and you start scrolling in your (laughs) podcast app and you get all the way to the bottom and you hit play. And I'm. I mean, that makes me cringe a little bit. We talked about this, Megan, before we started recording. I haven't listened
1: to it yet because I don't know that I can bring myself to do it. I have to. I'm going to make you do it. Sarah's making me do it, but oh, I don't want to. (laughs) So,
0: I mean, spoiler alert, my sound quality is terrible. And I say um way more than I do now. But it's worth listening to. I mean, it just, I think it brings it all full circle. And actually there's bits of the conversation that are great. We tell some really funny stories. And and yeah, it's like looking at an awkward photo of yourself from junior high. Like it's cringy. But y- y- we are where we are because of that first episode. So that's my cue yep. it up. You can just scroll right on back and, um, and then listen this Sunday. We're going to have a more than mom episode that's about kind of then and now and where where this show has, you know, come from and gone. And we'll, it'll be a little bit more on the podcasting side of things if you're interested in that um, and a little bit more on the worky, like not parenting side of things. So, All right, All guys, right. without further ado, here's some lovely voices for you to listen to.
3: Hi, Megan
4: and Sarah. Hi, Megan and Sarah. Hi, Sarah and Megan. Hi, lovely ladies. Hi, Megan and Sarah. Hi, Megan and Sarah. Sarah.
5: I'm a brand new mom to a beautiful 13-month-old
4: girl. I am a mom of two children. I have two girls. I have an 18-month-old daughter. I have an 18-month-old. My oldest is seven, and my youngest is almost four. I've literally listened to every episode.
6: I have been listening for several years. I've been listening since my little guy was just a couple years old. I've
7: been a long time listener since the very beginning.
6: I have
5: been religiously listening
4: to you guys since about 10 months ago. I have been listening to you guys for what feels like from the very beginning. Sending this message from
7: Belgium, Brussels, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, Redmond, Oregon, you're in London, Illinois, Rochester, New York area. Congratulations on your 200th
8: episode. Congrats on 200. Congratulations on your 200th episode. Congratulations on your anniversary. Congrats on the 200th episode. Here's the 200 more episodes. Happy 200. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congrats again, guys. Congratulations on 200. Congratulations on 200 episodes. Congratulations.
9: Congratulations on 200. Happy
6: 200 episode and happy for your anniversary thank you so much for the show and for the community thank you
7: thanks again thank you thank you for what you do thank you megan and sarah
10: i
11: can't thank you enough
9: thanks guys happy 200th episode this is amy from what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood motherhood works best in a village and parenting podcasts are a village too megan and sarah share so much expertise about podcasting just as they share their expertise about parenthood you guys are so generous with sharing how to do this, how to grow your show, how to find your audience. You've really helped What fresh hell along the way. We love watching how you guys do things. You really set the bar so high. And we're proud to know you. Happy 200th.
5: Asha Dornfest here, co-host with Christine Ko of the Edit Your Life Show podcast. We just want to say congratulations on 200 episodes. We have learned so much from you, not only about podcasting, but about joining the podcasting community. You really led the way uh, as parent bloggers first and then as podcast leaders. And not only did you create something so special in the mom hour, you really welcomed so many of us into this whole new world of podcasting. We're unbelievably grateful we always will be. And we just want your listeners to know that you really are as lovely and real and generous and
6: funny as you sound on the Mom Hour. Hey, Megan and Sarah and fellow Mom Hour listeners. This is Kelsey. Happy 200th episode and happy four-year anniversary. Um, As you guys know, I have been listening for several years and I think my thoughts echo many other listeners in that you guys have just totally built up our confidence as moms and just embracing how we mother our own kids and not worrying about what outside influences think. But over the past year, I have been able to um, get a different side of things with you guys with working with you. And it's just been nice because now not only have you guys built me up in my mothering, you've just built me up um, in a more than mom way in embracing What it's going to be like as my kids all go into elementary school in the fall Um, and just knowing that there's more to me than just, you know, the everyday mom stuff and really building up my confidence in being this working mom and being able to take that on. And it's just meant so much to me. And I often tell my husband and other people that I have the best job in the world and I have the best bosses in the world. So I have so enjoyed that side of things. And um, appreciated your guidance and your leadership and teaching me. And like I said, building up my confidence in a more than mom way. So I've loved it. Thank you. Happy 200th.
8: This is Margaret from the What Fresh Hell podcast. And
1: congratulations on your anniversary to Megan and Sarah. We're so excited for you. Um, what I've learned from the mom hour, too many things to list, but... Um, They've been so supportive to us and our podcast. Our podcast really got started because of them and our um,
8: swap hosting episodes. And I just always enjoy listening to them and relearning to have some fun with this parenting thing and to lean on friends to get through it. So congratulations, guys. Here's the 200 more episodes.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Brian Thomas, owner of Yokai Audio and sound engineer for the Mom Hour. My absolute favorite thing I've learned from working with Megan and Sarah is the power of saying what if, especially when you have a trusted partner who's dedicated to a common goal. Their relationship allows them to take risks and dream out loud and then turn those dreams into quality programming. It's been one of the great pleasures of my career to get an up close look at their decision making process, and I can tell you they never stop thinking about the endless possibilities of podcasting. We're working on some really exciting stuff for the future, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Congratulations on two hundred episodes, Megan and Sarah. I know this is just the beginning.
11: Happy anniversary, Megan and Sarah. We love the mom hour. We are the welcome home podcast. It's Graham from the Welcome home podcast and Kirsten and I just can't thank you enough for teaching us the crazy and fine art of podcasting in this wild, wild west of a world. We have learned a ton. I have, I'm have i still using a paper day planner, and yet here we are hosting a show that has grown in audience, probably mainly because of all of your help and guidance. You've taught us how to read ads and work with agents and record statistics and edit shows and improve sound quality, and how to just manage this whole wacky new industry. We cannot be thankful enough for all that you've taught us, all the time you've given us, all the inspiration, all the listening to our crazy questions. So kudos to you. Hats off to the Mom Hour. And we are just thrilled to be part of the Life Listen Network. Thanks for welcoming us into your home.
5: Hi, Megan and Sarah. My name is Jamelia. Um, I'm a brand new mom to a beautiful 13-month-old little girl. Um, I have been religiously listening to you guys since about 10 months ago. Um, I went all the way back in the archives and listened to every single one of your episodes. Um, Every regular episode, every More Than Mom, um, Voices, special, anything, ever, anything and everything I have listened to, um, you guys have been a source of inspiration, um, motivation, and just overall understanding in this crazy journey of motherhood. Um, congratulations on your 200th episode. Um, I look forward to all the wonderful things that you guys have in store for the future, um, and I just, again, want to just thank you for everything, um, you've put out there. Thank you. Hi,
4: Megan and Sarah. It's Elizabeth from Teaching Salmon Scout. Um, I have been listening to you guys for what feels like from the very beginning, and I have honestly learned so much. Um, my oldest is seven and my youngest is almost four. And so you all are just enough ahead of me that I feel like I'm constantly just getting little tidbits. Two of them that stand out to me right now. um, One, I believe somewhere along the line, somebody talked about offering your kids raw vegetables before dinner when everybody's kind of crowding around the kitchen and asking for food. And basically the idea being if they fill up, at least they filled up on something really healthy. And they're more likely to eat them then because they're hungry. And that has worked super well for us. And I have shared that tip with lots of people. And the other one is probably more basic, but things like letting my seven-year-old order for himself on the menu or go to the bathroom by himself. I just never thought to do that um, because I was so in the habit of doing things for him, and especially with a younger sibling And so it's been cool to just be reminded of little things that he probably can do himself. Thanks again for
12: all you have shared. Hi, lovely ladies at the Mum Hour. It's Kyla in Australia. Just wanted to say congratulations on 200 episodes. I've taken so many tips from your show. But the one funny one that always sticks in my mind is Sarah saying, buttered toast and fruit is fine for dinner. Here's to the next 200 episodes.
3: Bye. Hi, Megan and Sarah. This is Lisa. I am a mom of two children, one boy, five, and a little girl who's about a year and a half. I hope it's not too late to add my voice to uh, your 200th episode, but it was hard for me to narrow down my big lesson or moment um, from all of those episodes that you guys have provided. But I guess I wanted to just call out some of my biggest lessons from listening to you. Um, First is just, You know, not being afraid to do things in your own way and also being okay to change it if it's not working and just to give yourself grace in those moments where things get frustrating. Um, That's really been helpful to me as I transitioned back to work with two little kids. Uh, Also insights into routines and rituals and your ideas on how to help um, your kids through those developmental milestones uh, have really been some of my favorite episodes. And lastly, I'd like to um, thank you guys for introducing me to Shoot Along, which has really helped me grow an interest that I've had for a long time. I'm about three quarters of the way through lessons and given me a lot of ideas on additional ways to maybe create uh, balance in my life as well. So I want to thank you for that. Well, congratulations on your 200th episode. Keep doing what you're doing. I love listening to you guys. Thank you.
10: Hi, Megan and Sarah. My name is Michelle, and I'm Sending this message from Belgium, Brussels, um, but I am an American with two kids and a husband. And what I have learned from your podcast is that I am never alone. Um, I remember listening the first time to uh, your episode about what you feed your kids, and it was a category of motherhood that I just had repeatedly felt like I was failing in. And after listening, sorry. gets me choked up because after listening, I not only felt like I wasn't failing, but I was really succeeding in so many ways. Um, And you do it over and over again. I am so appreciative of how honest you are and how real you are. And it has taught me that I don't have to be alone. If I am real about my own motherhood and its challenges and its victories, I can find far more connection than if I just pretend that it's okay all the time and everything's wonderful. So thank you for what you do and for being so real about it. I look forward to every episode. Thanks again.
2: Hi, Megan and Sarah. This is Liz from Northwest Ohio. I have two girls age four and 10 months, and I've been a longtime listener since almost back to the very beginning. And I think what I've learned most from this community is that there is no one right way to do motherhood and there's no one right way to do really anything and it's really helps give me permission to lean in to the things that I really enjoy and to opt out of things that just don't work for us in our family. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for providing so much wisdom and insight and walking along with me through this journey. Thanks so much and congratulations on 200.
10: Hi, this is Darlene from Redmond, Oregon, and I have an 18-month-old daughter, Libby. And I started listening to the Mom Hour when I was pregnant. So (laughs) I really had no idea what I was getting into, but by listening to um, Megan and Sarah, they really helped me realize that there's all kinds of ways to be a mom, and all of them are okay. And I'm really glad that I learned that so early on. And that it just set me up for an attitude of acceptance towards other moms. And I'm really thankful for that. Okay, that's it. Thank you for everything and happy 200.
9: Hi, Megan and Sarah. Uh, It's Kristen from Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I think, well, first of all, congratulations on episode 200. Uh, That's an incredible milestone. And I've loved every single one of them so far. Um, I think overall, what I have learned from you guys is so many practical <laughs> things and and so many, um, you know, wide ranging, overarching things as well. Like it really is all going to be okay. Uh, this too shall pass. Um, and these are just stages that we're all going through. So you help us keep things in perspective. Um, but I mean, every time I just hear that intro, dun, dun, dun. coming in on my podcast app. It really um, takes me back to my early days of nursing and just um, having someone being there, you know, for those overnight nursing sessions at two, three AM when it's just you, your baby and a podcast and that music kind of triggers me each time back to those memories. So that's kind of neat. And then, um, just so many practical things, like just for example, the app episode you just did, as I was listening to it, I was on my phone organizing my apps. So keep up the great work. Congratulations on 200 and great job.
8: Over and beyond the many technical lessons that Sarah and Megan have given me, like how to make a Google sheet beautiful. Thanks, Sarah. How to write crisp and compelling copy and too many other things to name. What has really made the greatest impact on me is the positive role modeling that both Sarah and Megan, you girls have demonstrated as entrepreneurs in the creative space, just so willingly mentoring other women, myself included, not only those on, on your team, but also, of course, all listeners to the show with the spirit of such generosity that comes alongside whoever the person on the other side is cheers you on, educates you, motivates you to do better. And they do this over and over again and they do it tirelessly. So thank you, Megan and Sarah, and congrats on 200. Hi ladies, it's Rebecca here in London. Happy bicentennial. One of the things that I've taken that I'm reminded of every single day of the school year is from your laundry episode, which is when Sarah said each of her children has a different color pair of socks. And it has been a lifesaver for me because my two older sick kids go to the same school have the same uniform but one has his gray knee socks and the other one has his blue knee socks so trying to figure out whose socks is whose first thing in the morning has never been an issue thank you for that tip and everything else that i've taken away there's probably too many to count congrats on the 200th episode here's to a 200 more
12: have a good day hi sarah and megan this is ellie Abney here i've been following along with you guys for so long and i'm So excited for your 200th episode. That is so awesome. Congratulations. And, you know, the biggest thing that I have gotten from you guys specifically and just from the mom, our community is to trust your instinct and mother, the way that you feel like is best for your kids. That fits who you are. Um, I feel like there's so much pressure right now to be doing everything right and everything a certain way. And, um, Sometimes those ways are very conflicting. And through listening to you guys, I've been listening since my little guy was just a couple years old when you're at the home hour and now he's seven and my confidence has grown so much. And I think a lot of that has to do with you guys and just encouraging me and the whole community just to trust our gut and our instincts. So, um, and that it's all going to be okay. So thankful for you guys. Congratulations.
7: Hi, Megan and Sarah. It's Sherry Tiernan from the Rochester, New York area. Congratulations on your almost 200th episode. That is amazing. Um, As you both know, I've been a longtime listener since the very beginning. I've literally listened to every episode, many of them more than once. Um, I just wanted to let you know that you have been there for me. I'm a stay-at-home mom for the most part, and some days are long and monotonous, and You've helped me get through some dark times and some challenging times, just with all of your positivity and wisdom, and um, just just the way of like what you say, like it's all going to be okay. And you truly make your listeners feel that way. So I just wanted to thank you and congratulate you, and I'm so proud of both of you. I consider you friends. Um, I feel like I know you both so well. And it's amazing. So keep up the great work and congratulations. Thanks, guys.
13: Hi, this is Ellen in Illinois. Um, I'm a fairly new mom. I have an 18 month old and I'm expecting another baby this summer. Uh, And I started listening to the Mom Hour when I was looking for a podcast to keep me up when I was taking care of my baby at all hours of the night. Um, And I think the first episode I listened to was the things I shouldn't have freaked out about breastfeeding edition show. And it was so refreshing. I've since listened to all the episodes and found so much value in the really down to earth advice experience from Sarah and Megan. Um, And I think the overarching thing I've learned from the show is just not to freak out when you're in the middle of a tough parenting challenge. Uh, You know, I'm not the only one going through it. I can handle it. It will pass. That's the message I get from the show. And it's such a comfort as I'm kind of figuring out motherhood. Um, I actually think the whole podcast could probably be named things you shouldn't freak out about, which is awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for the show and for the community and congratulations on 200 episodes.
8: Congrats, Megan and Sarah, on your 200th episode. I know we were asked to submit just one thing that we've learned from the podcast, which was really hard to narrow it down to just one. I just so appreciate the encouragement that you guys offer and just kind of the more relaxed approach to motherhood. A few things that I have learned, I think Sarah has mentioned a couple times um, that an easy dinner like grilled cheese or breakfast for dinner doesn't necessarily have to be labeled as a cop out. I love to try new recipes and cook and that sort of thing, but um, it's just really helpful to know that some nights just call for something really simple and that's totally okay. Megan, I believe, talked about on a chore episode um, how she doesn't necessarily utilize chore charts and things like that for her kids. But when she pulls in with a load of groceries, her boys will come out and help unload. Or um, if somebody needs to wash the dishes or unload the dishwasher and they're asked to do that, they do. And it was just um, a good way for me to realize that I I do like to utilize chore charts and things like that, but they work well for some of my children more than others. And that as long as they're generally helpful or pitch in when they're asked to, that they're probably doing just fine. I think it was your podcast where I learned to put my phone in a cup or bowl to magnify the sound. So thank you for that. And my last one goes all the way back to the We Hype Fun episode. And um, it just I think the moral of it that I took away was just to really play to your strength and motherhood. If you don't love taking your kids to a parade or a carnival or something like that, that's totally okay. And It was just reassuring to hear that. So congrats again,
1: guys. Thanks so much. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code theMomHour. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code theMomHour to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
0: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general.
1: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's. M-E-A-G-A-N Francis